I'm Mike Sheridan and this is The Dell. Hey, welcome along to another episode of The Delve with me, Mike Sheridan. My guest today is an incredibly impressive athlete and broadcaster. Daniel DC Cormier was a UFC champion in two weight classes, heavyweight and light heavyweight, and was a champion in every promotion he fought in before that. Most recently, DC was inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame, a huge surprise to him while calling fights during a live UFC broadcast. He is now working with Alta, a company that offers regular people a chance to train in mixed martial arts and to get into the best shape of their lives while doing so. Alta has plans to rival CrossFit in the US as the go-to space for fitness enthusiasts and people looking to challenge themselves. Enjoy the chat and don't forget to like, subscribe and review the show if you're listening as a podcast. Support for this episode of The Delve is brought to you by Manscaped, who are best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code DELF at manscaped.com. I've used the 3.0 lawnmower version before, and I'm excited to give the 4.0 performance package a bash. You've also got the weed whacker, nose and ear trimmer in there too. As a man who grows increasingly graying hair quite quickly in every direction, these products are a must. I've even used the Manscaped boxers that come with the performance package while working out and they're actually insanely comfortable. So again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code DELVE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code DELVE at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Enjoy the episode. Hey Mike. DC, what's going on? How you doing brother? I'm delighted to speak to you. I've, I've watched your fights and, and admire your fights for, for many, many, many years. I'm kind of, a, I'm an old, older school UFC guy, I suppose. Somebody started watching in and around the knots. So you've become involved with Alta, which is, I think it was Win to Warrior or something like that, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm correct here. So it's a whole new fitness regime, fitness lifestyle. I know, I know it's being compared to CrossFit. How did you become involved with it? So this guy named Rich Chu, who is uh, leading the charge, the altar charge in the United States. His son wrestles for me in my gym. So he started kind of telling me all about it. And I was like, wow, it does make a ton of sense. Because my experiences with Web to Warrior, that's what it was called prior. Um, it was almost like an, kind of an afterthought, right? I passed by it, not pay attention to it. It was right in the heart of my career. It was in AKA. So I would just walk past the people that was doing it. But then it kind of phased out. So I was like, oh, it, it didn't work. It seemed like a great idea. When Rich started talking to me about the plans for what Alta was going to be, how they were going to approach it, how were they going to rebrand it and re, re, repackage the whole deal, I was like, man, it sounds great. Let me in. And um, so then we started to build. And they started to build the, build the program and, Kavanaugh and those guys have done a tremendous job of phasing out exactly where the athletes are supposed to be at what time in the program. And so once we got going, um, I had 
like 19 people sign up and they've all been pretty consistent. And let me tell you this, Mike, we are now maybe five weeks into my altar program, maybe a month. And I've got the greatest success stories already. And we're just going, I got one guy who's a bit heavy. He's lost 27 pounds, Mike, because for now, 20 days, he's been consistently working out. I've got another guy, he's six, seven down. The other dude's like, I've gained five. He goes, but I've lost a lot of my fat and it's turning into muscle. So it's like, we're getting these success stories immediately. And, and uh, I love it. I just love it. So you're used to coaching uh, kids as well. Albeit, I'm sure some of those kids on have seen it or Instagram, there's some high level wrestlers there. It's a different thing. And I know this from own Roddy. There's a different thing coaching newbies. It's a different thing yeah. coaching people coming in off the street. I've done it myself. It's all about communication. How do you, how do you kind of change how you speak to a fighter compared to how you speak to somebody who's looking to get in shape? So I got to be honest with you. I'm a bit of a ball buster. So I'm messing with him the whole time initially. <laughs> but in that, in that, I'm still trying to guide him in a direction. So what I did was we did a lot of footwork to start. They're very specific. So all that movement teaches these people who have sat behind desks, who have sold like sold cars, business people, how to move. Once they start moving and get comfortable with moving, um, you start to add the punches and the kicks and everything else. But the reality is this. You have to get these people accustomed to working out and be more willing as a coach to take more breaks because they're not fighters. So they're not in peak physical condition where they can go for an hour straight without water, without a break. You just got to really mix in those times where you may go five hard minutes, seven hard minutes, and you go, hey, water break. But insist that it's water, right? Because if it's water, it doesn't matter that they're putting as much in it as they want. It still goes exactly where it needs to be. It's nothing bad. And that's why they're starting to gain so much from the program. So, yeah, it's like the... It's just being much more willing to be like, take a break, reset, let's get back to work. People don't realize how difficult, how high your conditioning needs to be for something like grappling, for something like wrestling takedowns. I don't know if you've heard of this. There's a series called Spartan. I don't know if you've ever seen this. And it's the fittest people in the world. And they compete in this like fu functional fitness thing. And at one stage in it, they're grappling each other. 20 seconds. They're all absolutely <laughs> exhausted. It's, it's interesting just to see people's reaction when they first start grappling and they don't realize uh, how much it takes out of them. I, I think that was my funnest day. <laughs> teaching the escapes, right? Just barely teaching, learning the shrimp, right side, left side, right side. So what I did with our athletes, our alt athletes, I started them in the middle of the mat and I would say left hip, right hip, left hip. So they would shrimp left, shrimp right, Trip left, then I'd say, get up. Then just a base jujitsu, get up, right? When you pose, take your leg back. Mike, we did this for like 15 minutes. The last five minutes, I said, okay, now I'm going to put your partner on top of you. Because before, they're like, it's not so bad, right, coach? It's hard, but it's not so bad. I'm like, well, you're just getting up. So I tell the partner, I go, get on top of him. I go, but don't even grab him. Like, as they're shrimping, just let your body weight kind of follow. They were like, it's so exhausting. They all were like, this is so, I was like, they're not even trying to hold you down yet. So we got some work to do, but it just kind of showed them what grappling and what effort is going to take for them to be able to understand 
what it takes to get away from people. But literally, Mike, your chest on the legs, and as the guy shrimps, you just kind of slide your chest, and it slides your chest, then eventually let him up, and it was just like, this is the craziest thing I've ever felt in my life. <laughs> what age do you think you need to be getting students into the gym now? And I mean, wrestling is obviously bigger. You do, I know they do it in, in the middle school, high school, and stuff in the U.S., but here it wouldn't be as big a thing. And I remember the first, the first kind of MMA fighter, as it were, in that Rory McDonald came into mixed martial arts, not as somebody who specialized in a certain area, not as somebody who was a jiu-jitsu guy or a striking guy, but somebody who was complete. Like, I always remember Rory McDonald coming in and, and Joe Rogan commenting at the time and saying, this guy's a complete MMA fighter. He's not somebody coming from a different background. So at what age... Do you, do you kind of need to shape you? I didn't start in my late 20s, which was a mistake, clearly. Just got broken nose and cauliflower ear. That was it. <laughs> you know what the crazy thing is? It's getting younger. So for guys like me that retired, it's like, thank goodness it was when it happened. Because these kids now are going to be insane. I've got kids on my team that are high school kids. Um, two twins. They've wrestled since they were five. They've done jujitsu since they were eight, and they've been in Muay Thai since they were nine. They're 50 now. They're competing. They're the top 10, uh, top 10 ranked wrestler kids in the country. They're they're fighting for a Muay Thai national championship on the weekend, and they're jujitsu like uh, the highest level of jujitsu for kids right now at 15. So could you imagine when those kids go through college if they want to wrestle? They're done at 24, and they go into MMA. They will, at that point, have 15 years of striking, 20 years of wrestling, and 17 years of jiu-jitsu. It's like, that's, it's, if you want to be a fighter now, you're going to have to be like a basketball player. They pick up, my, my nephew has a son. The moment he was born, he put a basketball in his hand. And those are the kids that go to the NBA, right? The parents play, they put a ball in your hand, and they give you a shot. I think that's what it's going to turn to in mixed martial arts. The game just keeps evolving. There's going to be younger and younger that you got to start going into all the different facets of facets of fighting in order to be able to compete. Because you fast forward ten years, Rory McDonald will seem like freaking brontosaurus. It will seem like Rory McDonald like is a dinosaur from the, because the kids will be that much better. They'll look at us as just wrestlers and be like, these guys couldn't even fight because they're just that good. I don't think many people will be saying that about you. But uh, <laughs> and talking about another thing as well as the kind of career longevity there, because you fought into your 40s at, at like a, champion, a championship level. How did you condition your body with like <laughs> wrestling, one wrestling class and I'm in ribbons? How do you condition <laughs> your body to be able to recover, to be able to get back up the next day, to be able to go again and then mixing the strike and stuff as well? You know, I think it was just, I think it was just mentality. Like, you don't break the routine. I've always told somebody that I said, if you never break routine, nothing is different. You never do anything different than what you're accustomed to. So by always being in wrestling, always training, I just didn't have to change anything. So it was the norm to get up the next day and go back to work. But the moment I broke routine, now waking up to get on the Peloton, I'm like, ah, oh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> you know, I was like, just get up at six o'clock, Daniel, get on the Peloton. And I'm like, this is crazy, but you just cannot break that routine. The moment you get going, the moment it's working, you got to stay with it. I was going to ask about your training now and if you were if you were still working out. I know you're traveling a lot. I know you were just in Singapore for 275. 
do you still get the workouts in or is it it is the peloton you have to be on the bike at a certain time it's the bike i well, because it's what i want to do i don't want to do anything else i want to look at pretty girls while i ride a bike <laughs> what i do i have a favorite i have a favorite so i watch her every time and she teaches me how to ride my peloton but boy they're so fit and skinny that you can't keep up it's like <laughs> I feel like, man, I got to get a little better at this, but it's the Peloton. Um, and I'll wrestle still. I'll wrestle with my kids. I've got a really, really good kid um, right now on the team that I wrestle with some, so I wrestle and do that. I was talking to Aunt Roddy this morning. Uh, he was a Connor striking coach. Uh, worked with John Cavan a lot as well. And he said to me, uh, he said he met you a few times and spoke very highly of you. But he said, I've got a bunch of kids in the gym, trying, a bunch of young kids in the gym trying to kill me every day now as well. Yeah. So that's what it's like when you're still kind of fired already. It's the worst. It's the worst. They want to win. The kids want to win. They want to be able to say, I got Coach DC. I'm like, ain't happened. Not yet. Not quite. Uh, and I don't want to keep you too much longer. I appreciate the time. But I want, we might want to talk about your broadcasting career a little bit because you're in the cage now the last while doing the interviews in front of the 20,000 people or wherever it is. How have you found that aspect to us, doing the interviews? Is that where the first few scary stepping into the cage, when you're normally stepping into the cage to do something you were used to doing, which was combat. Well, it's, it's kind of it's kind of hard because you're speaking on the spot to a person that is on all ranges of emotion. So some of them are just great. I remember being in Brazil with Colby Covington, and he beat Damian Maia, and they wanted to kill him. And I said. You may not love him here, but they love him in Clovis, California, right? Because that's where he was born. And people started booing. And then I became public enemy number one, too. So they're throwing stuff at Toby as he's leaving. But that's one that I just like, because I'm a wrestling guy. Like, I'm a WCW, WWE type of guy. So I know what the guy with the mic can do to elevate the performer. So I'm trying to play a part into these... uh interviews asking the right questions so that people can uh really uh make an impactful statement it's it's fun i enjoy it and i've been able to be a part of some really special moments like last weekend yoana and j check retiring and all of that i've had an opportunity to do some cool stuff and you know honestly it makes it easier to step away from the game because you still feel like you're a part of the show whenever you're in there you call the fights and it's awesome and kind of final question is with how do you feel like the UFC is positioned now globally? Because obviously with Fox, now it's with ESPN, it's still this global entity, but it hasn't been back in Ireland in a while. I know they were scheduled to come, COVID changed, everything COVID changed, all of that. But from somebody who's kind of within it in the broadcasting sense, and it was there as a double champion for a long time, how do you feel the company is viewed now, is, is, is kind of positioned now? Bigger than ever. I really do believe that the UFC is going to levels that I know... Dana is a massive thinker, right? He is a huge uh, goals, goals and aspirations guy. Like, he shoots for the stars, and if he misses, you know, he might hit the moon. But he's hitting the star. They, the UFC's hitting the stars now. So I don't know if anybody could have imagined that it would be to this level. You know, ESPN has elevated the product. I mean, it's the worldwide leader of sports, and everyone's more recognizable. Everyone is more like noticed. It's um, it's tremendous. I think that it's only going to get bigger and better. And you didn't know that before. It felt like it was maxing out whenever it was at Fox. It was like, this is about as big as this thing is ever going to get. It just continues to grow. 
it's kind of further and further into the mainstream, isn't it? Oh, it's a mainstream sport. The ESPYs is the ESPN's awards for uh, sports, and everybody wants to talk to the fighter. It's it's crazy. Whereas we were always asking for photos before. Now the football players, hey, <laughs> it's the best. I'm exhausted. Look, the, the I know jet you're jet lagged. Jet lagged. The jet lag from Singapore. I got I got back from Singapore at 8 p.m. on Sunday. So, uh, Monday morning, I welcomed 170 kids to my gym to wrestle. Ooh. Yesterday, I did my show with Ryan Clark. I also let two new fighters into the EA Sports UFC game. Hey, we did a uh, an update. It's called the Northern Grapplers Update into EA Sports. So it's people from Ireland, Scotland, England. So we got those that part of the country uh, going into the game now on the latest update. So I did that. Back to wrestling. I'm doing fighter meetings now. I'm talking to you. Well, I appreciate the time, DC. I've, I've admired your career. I've admired your fights for a very long time, and I've always rooted for you. Thanks so much for the time. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it.